there's so much BS that goes on, right? Where it's from the boardroom to the to the actual people who make it happen. There's such a huge disconnect, right? Between between that, there is. You know that you see it every single day. Mm-hmm. You you see it in the boardroom, and we come up with a great funky line, and everybody's happy, and we have our mission and our vision and our culture, and everything's great. Mm-hmm. And then you walk in the store, you call the customer service line, you send a chat, and you feel none of that. Yeah, or you're the employee that walks in for the interview, and you're like, uh, that doesn't match up either. Yeah, yes, the employee. You, you come because you've done the research on the website and you're like, this is awesome. And nobody greets you with a smile. <laughs> you look around, nobody wants to work there, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you do that, you look around and nobody actually wants to work there. We talk about Fairway, we talk about Casey's, we talk about a lot of those things, right? A lot of those companies, like yeah. your example, and you use in your, your hometown event and you, you talk about that. You walk in the store and what's on their website, because I think I, I went in to their website one time after you had posted on LinkedIn about how we treat our customers like family. And I just say to myself, does this feel like what family would treat each other like? Mm-hmm. And this is a dangerous statement, actually, because if, if I say I treat you like family, but my family's a little dysfunctional, right? <laughs> we scream at each other. Yeah. You know, we, we punch each other. Like, is that how you want to do it? Like, but so, so you gotta be careful with stuff. Cause I'm pretty precise about language, right? Words mean things. And I, I learned that at a young age. Yep. And so um, anyway, I'm just really precise about how we do that because it gets down to behaviors. Like I don't want to leave anything uh, like undefined because now I can give you, this is where excuses start to come in, bro. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, let's get this started. Right? Okay, I, let's go. I, I've already hit record. What a cool opening. In business, you want to consistently attract incredible people, grow at an accelerated rate, and create a unique competitive advantage. The goal, it isn't to just be the best, but is to be the favorite. The favorite in the eyes, the mind, and the heart of your customer. To stay competitive in today's world, you want to build a business where people want to come to work and where they have a chance to be great at doing what they love the most. And you accomplish that by leading through values. Because when you lead through values, people excel, profits increase, and your brand becomes more human. Now make sure you download your free guide at leadthroughvalues.com. I'm James Mayhew, your Chief Culture Officer, and you're listening to Lead Through Values. It's so fun to be here today because we are in the bunker. We're in the underground hidden secret lair of none other than the man of many names, right? I've been trying to think, how do I introduce... You. <laughs> yes. The, the essence of Kyle Steele. Kyle Steele, right? <laughs> so K-Sizzle, right? I, I, don't, yep. I don't know how Absolutely. that came to be. Yep. The most interesting man in leasing. The, the like, you, you always are talking about pop culture or things that happened in the past. Like, you have this really cool way of just bringing things back to life. So I also think of you as the man, the myth, and the legend that you are. <laughs> Well, thank you. So, but, but like, we're in this really cool space in Czech Village in downtown Cedar Rapids. You're like, hey, why don't you come check it out? I got the studio up, so we're surrounded by all this. Like, this is a great space. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for agreeing to do this. This is cool. Yeah. So, our listeners probably, some are going to know you, but there's going to be listeners that have no idea who you are. So, I'm going to just, 
frame it up real quick, and then I'm, I'm going to turn it back to you. Please do. I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on on how to explain it. I, well, how do you explain <laughs> the unexplainable? <laughs> well, first of all, right here's here's the thing that that I'm really drawn to you about is genuineness, right? Uh, Kyle Steele, when you sit, when I sit with you, or when anybody sits with you, you're the same guy. You're not. There's no front. There's no fakeness. It's just, it's just genuine. You got the big laugh. You're an amazing storyteller. Oh, and here's another way to describe you because you used it, the golden retriever, right? <laughs> yeah, so I want you right. to tell that one. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, you, you're like this marketing genius. You just make everything that's complex, super simple. You're the founder of a thing called One Minute Wednesdays, which is a one minute video you produce every Wednesday and you've done it for like a thousand times now. How many is it for real? Like, I, th- I I think we're we're coming up on almost 200 episodes. 200, yeah. yeah. 200, it's the most consistent thing I've done other than wake up every day. And, and believe me, in my life, there's days where I have not woken up. <laughs> and here's the other thing. like you're, Well, you're One Minute Wednesdays. Find him on LinkedIn. If, if you haven't connected with Kyle yet on LinkedIn, please be on LinkedIn. It's the place to be. And follow this guy because he's not trying to sell you something in One Minute Wednesdays. He's trying to get your brain thinking different. It's incredible some of the stuff that you talk about. So, listen, I, I, I could pour accolades over you all day. And I love it. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, let me just turn it over to you and, um, like, how, your journey is kind of your is kind of crazy. It's kind of cool, and I think our listeners would benefit from understanding where you come from. Yeah, totally. Well, my wife and I, I surprised her with Garth Brooks tickets this weekend, and <laughs> one of, one of his favorite jams that I just love, and I actually broke down in tears the other day listening to it was unanswered prayers, mm, right? Because you 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 pray so hard that that girl likes you or that you get the promotion or whatever. And our lives are just tapestries of unanswered prayers that have brought us here today. Mm. You think about yourself, mm. your journey, where, where you came. Darn right. You know, five five years ago, I was absolutely miserable in a corporate job with a company that we'll just say we fell out of love with each other. Mm. And I had no marketing experience. Never went. I, I went to college, focused on drinking beer and the extracurriculars more than I did sure. actual college. I just wasn't mature enough at the time if I would have gone at 22 totally different story right um but then i i i was you know five years ago miserable in in my my job and i just said i don't want to be 85 on my deathbed thinking i should have or i'm gonna or i wish i would have so i said screw it digital marketing's where it's at i don't know anything about it but i'm gonna start a, a <laughs> that's, digital that's marketing my, that's business. my favorite little asterisk you always <laughs> say is like but i didn't know anything about it yeah i didn't know anything about yeah. it but anything in life you just dive into and you start learning and so i started seo expert and i got to valley junction in uh west des moines iowa and the first thing i did before i did anything else walked up and down because i wanted to serve small businesses walked up and down Shook the hand and introduced myself to all 85, 86 businesses. That's what I did. And I invited them to a marketing seminar, not knowing anything about marketing. I had read some articles and stuff. This, this is right there. I got to hang there for a second because that's like bold. It's unbelievably confident and courageous. And some people are listening to this going, that's foolish and stupid, right? Absolutely. I love the fact that you just said, I don't care what you think. I'm going to go do, and you just, like, get stuff out of the way. I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's amazing. Just dive in. You know, my my friend, my good friend Ryan McHugh, described me as, I'm like a cat. I always land on my feet. 
Like I'm confident that I know if I get in a situation and I'm in a lot of situations where I have no clue what I'm doing, but I know I'm going to land on my feet. I know that I can rely on my skills that got me here today. So I invite them to this marketing seminar and either I fail or I succeed and I learn about marketing. Well, I worked 18 hour days, slept in the office, really crammed it in because I'm just chasing my dream. Right. And for anybody listening, like just go out and do it. Like that's, you know, that's what separates you and me from a lot of people is we just went out and did it. And that's how you get experiences by doing it. You can, you know, Jane Goodall could have learned a hell of a lot about chimpanzees by reading about them. She went out and lived with them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right? True. so she lived with chimpanzees and that's how she learned about chimpanzees. I think that's the story of me. I think that's the story of you. I think that's the story of a lot of entrepreneurs in life is they just did it. That's what separates the people who are willing to just go out and do it and have the confidence that, yeah, I'm going to get punched in the gut and the face and I'm going to get up and just keep coming at it. Because you know there's times where you're saying, what the hell have I done? Mm. What the hell did I do? I, I have never said that. No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> there was a period of time I said it a thousand times. I, I said it multiple times a day. I know I did. Yeah. What what the what am I doing? Self-doubt starts to knock. Hello. Yeah. You remember who you aren't, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. So I I I run SEO expert, you know, successfully learned so much about marketing and I stumbled on LinkedIn because I thought, how am I how am I gonna get the name out there? How am I gonna get out what I'm doing? Well, I read an article that the perfect length of video is one minute. I don't know if that's true, but I just said, okay, what's a catchy line? One minute Wednesday. And something that I've always been able to do is take the complex and break it down, right? Break it down to the simple. And there's so many lessons in life, right? I've talked about Jane Goodall. I've talked about Steve Jobs, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Nike, right? I'm all over the place with my stories. Talked about Hernan Cortez. What's your plan B? Well, he burned the ships. So do you think his army ever asked what plan B was? Hell no. It was conquer the Aztec empire. We can get into the morality of that because, yes, I, I love history and I don't like Cortez, but I love that story. You just go out and do it. And so run SEO expert. And now and then the CEO calls me. We meet up and he's like, I want you on our team. I don't know how we're going to fit you in, but we're, we've got a role for you here to more. And we love small businesses. And that's who I've served throughout my career is small businesses because I love it. Right. Across the street, there's Anvil Meat Market. That guy opened up, then the pandemic hit, and then the derecho hit. But what does he keep doing? He keeps showing up. And the story of small business is the story of overcoming adversity. I love that. Right? You know it. Like, you've overcome a lot to be where you're at today. Sure. And everybody looks and like, oh, James has, you know, great podcasting. He's on LinkedIn. He works with all these awesome clients. It's like, yeah, you didn't <laughs> see me at 3 a.m., bro. You didn't right. see me. You know, and so... I've always just taken a genuine approach because I love people. I'm a golden retriever, right? Most people walk in a room at a networking event. And there's a hundred people and they're like, oh my God, I want to hide in the corner. And I'm just like, come on, mm -hmm. who can I talk to? Who can I pump up? Who can, you know, pet me, love me, love me, right? Like, yeah. because there's this concept of filling up somebody else's bucket. And I do it every day. Like when the pandemic hit, I just started buying lotto tickets for people at gas stations, like the gas station attendant, because they're out there. They don't have a choice. They can't work from home, right? You you can't you can't sell a gallon of milk remotely. You know, you can, but you, you get the picture. Right. And so every single time I go into a gas station, I always buy a dollar scratcher and hand it to the person and say, thank you. I hope you have a great day. Good luck. 
That's cool. Right? And I I don't know if they ever win, but the thought of them winning always puts a smile on my face driving away. The it cost only, you a buck. It cost me a buck. But they might win a thousand. They might win ten thousand. I don't know. Fifty bucks. You know, to, to my son who's nineteen, fifty bucks, that's the world, right? Big deal. Yeah. 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 And so I always buy him a dollar scratcher because when I'm going away, I have that thought in my mind. And I always say the only way to erase a bad day for you is to make somebody else's day. And I told my I was telling this story to my my friends the other night at Nick's bar. And I said, I am confident that I will die helping somebody else. Like I am, and I'm okay with that. Like, that's a great way to go out, mm. right? Like I've on a golf course, I pulled a guy out of a pond once, right? Like I've stopped in the middle of first Avenue to help a, a guy from Congo who ran out of gas. I, you know, everybody's driving by horns are blaring. Everybody's going crazy. I stopped. I helped him. Right. And I, I do that, you know, 30, 40 times a year. Right. Because you, you always think about it. Be the person. Everybody says, Oh, somebody should help that guy. Or somebody should help that gal. Well, be the person that helps that guy. Be the person that helps that gal, right? Like, that's the legacy. And you know this as a parent. Your kids don't learn much by you telling them stories. They learn everything by watching you. For sure. <laughs> what a great reminder. <laughs> you know, and, and you think you you teach your kids all these lessons in life, you know, like when you're out fishing and stuff like that. And it's like, no. Dad, I remember we stopped in the middle of a road and, like, you helped push somebody and we helped them get out of the way and then... You know, you helped them, you know, call somebody for help so that they could get a ride home. Like, that's the stuff they remember. What our listeners can't see right now, describe my face, right? Yeah. Describe, what am I looking at you like? Are you, are you, like, there's a piece of me that I know in my facial expression that I'm giving you is like, cool. Like, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm convicted because I know there's times when I didn't help when I could have. Yeah. I was in the right place at the right time. But I got to be somewhere. I got to do this. Right. So when I'm listening to you, I'm giving you this puzzled look on your face like, I, I kind of hate you right now. Right. Yeah. Because you're, <laughs> no, and I mean that in the best way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Some I hear sort you. of twisted way. Right. But no, that's so cool. And I, I think that's what sets, that's what I'm talking about with you when I introduced you, when I was saying like, you're a genuine yeah. guy. And who says crazy things like, I'm probably going to die helping somebody else and i'm okay with it and i'm okay that's a great i want that in my obituary he got ran over by a car because some somebody was in a rush to get to work and was checking their email and ran me over while i'm helping push somebody here lies kyle Steele. he died (laughs) helping somebody else live that's right and and you know it's i i always i always brag about it that i haven't watched the news since the iraq war busted out now, some of your listeners might not have even remembered that, but that's 2001, 2002. Because if you flip on the news, you think that humanity's going to hell. I always say, you know, there, there's a quote that, that I always say, this next generation's ruining the world, Adam and Eve. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. everybody said that. Yeah. But there's this belief that, that humanity's not good or that people aren't good to each other. And that's opposite of what I see. I always say, shut off the news and go talk to your neighbors. Shut off the news and talk to your neighbors. Put the phone down, too, by the way. Yes, put the phone down. Have genuine connections, right? Like, all I see is, you know, there's a... a, I've been listening to a lot of Garth because I'm going there this weekend, but the favorite song that I have of his is People Helping People, right? The answer's not evil. It's people helping people. Like, that's 
what will get us through. Like all of this, me against you, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the way to help people is not to shame them. It's to help them and say, you know, like all this, you want to wear a mask? Cool. You don't want to wear a mask? Cool. I love you either way. Right? Like, just know I love you. Let's talk about something else. I want to talk about anything else. And the the news is always trying to put us in an either or situation. Yeah. yeah. And I live in an and world. Right? I love everybody. And I love everybody. Right? And, and so there's all these directions that we get pushed in. And that's where my genuineness comes from is... I've just always said, well, I'm just going to go talk to that person, right? Like, I don't know about them, so I'm just going to go talk to them. What's wrong with that? We're human beings, right? Like, dogs sniff each other's butts, <laughs> right? Like, why as humans can't we just go up and say, hey, I'm Kyle, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the person's going to be like, this is weird because I saw on the news that, you know, we shouldn't be talking to each other or right. whatever. You just go up. Just break down that barrier. Just be human. And I don't see that enough. And I think that people need permission to just be genuine, just be real, just go up. Like we talk about it at work, you know, here at Amore all the time. It's not B to B. It's not B to C. It's H to H, human to human. I thought you were going to say heart to heart. Yeah, heart to heart. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Toy soldiers. Yep, going back. I, I like that tune. But, you, you know, that's what it is. Like, especially in marketing, people get all bogged down with, all the, you know, when it comes to a CEO or executive, you know, they, they you got to talk about business and analytics and data and art, you know, AI inspired. No, they're human beings. They have kids. Tiger Woods was at the top of the game. There's no question that he was the top golfer. And he said, I'm breaking down my swing and redoing it. And it's going to take two or three years. And he came back and that's <clears throat> when he won the Tiger Slam and everything else. Right. He was at the top of his game and he knew he could get better because and this is something that I say often in leadership. Don't everybody wants to spend time with their B, C, D players to try to improve them. Yeah, you should spend as much time as you can with your A players. Amen. I'm high fiving you right now. That's fist right. Bump right here. That's Boom. right. Because if you can make Michael Jordan even better, and guess what? Most of the time, your A players are the ones who want to get better. They've got Absolutely. the want to. They're they're driven for it. And there's so many times where you're in a room or you work with people and you don't truly know what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. Like there's a guy, Stephen Shepard came in and talked about generational leadership, right? And we, we, we hear all this stuff about, you know, this, this, uh, the, the up and coming generation is about, you know, passion and purpose and a lot of that stuff, which is beautiful. And I don't think I've ever really been passionate about a whole lot. I I've been passionate about people and I've found ways that, I'm really good at things, and I just keep doing those things, Hmm. right? Like videos, like podcasts, like giving people auto tickets, you know, stuff like that. And I learned, (laughs) uh, I learned a lot of that, you know, bartending on how to, how to, you know, empathize with people, and we'll get into that. But you and I are Gen Xers, Mm -hmm. and we were the latchkey generation. We had, you know, I had great parents. Mm For the most part, on Friday night, they went out with their friends. We're playing Nintendo. We're ordering pizza, right? Like we're hanging out. We're, we're figuring out how to do things on our own. We, we, you know, that's how I learned how to make orange Juliuses, right? Like you just kind of experiment around and you make them and we figured it out. So for us, when it comes to a generational leadership type of thing, Gen Xers are usually off in the corner just figuring out on their own. Hmm. Like, here's what I need you to do. What else do you need from me? Nothing. Okay. Let me know when it's done. 
And if you ask absolutely anything, anything at all, you view that as micromanagement. Ooh, true. Like if, if, so true. Yeah. Like, and, and so when you're talking about um, the, the guy that you're working with, you know, who was, you know, very intimidating and why did you choose this color blue? It's like, why are you questioning me? Like, I know what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. Get out of my way. Exactly. Right? Like, look at this company I built. Get out of my way. Like, who are you? To, you know, and I think that that's how I operate a lot of times. It's like, just tell me what you do, what you want me to do. I'll do it. Get out of my way. I can figure it out. And that's that's what I've done in life. You figure it out. Right. Like. When I started, I started, you know, bartending back in the day. But then when I was running my business, I asked my friend, can I just, can I just bartend? Because <laughs> I need to be around people. Like entrepreneurship is a very lonely, lonely place, mm. right? Yeah. You know that. I know that. Like there's thoughts that go through your head that you never thought would, would cross your mind. But with bartending, I just figured it out. And then I, I branded myself as the worst bartender in Iowa, right? <laughs> because if I can set the expectations low, they're like, oh, you actually poured the beer correctly, right? Like, it's about expectations and delivering, right? And so yeah. I branded myself as that. But, you know, there's so many conversations. I always, I, I told my sons a, a lot of things. But I told them, I really want you to work in a service-oriented, you know, job. I want you to work at a restaurant. So you can understand that there's some families that come in. That's the one time they went out that month. It means everything to them. You know, like if they got to go to a restaurant, that was a big deal. And so you're dealing with all different, you know, walks of life. Right. And you understand like what people go through. You understand how to deal with, you know, jerks. You understand how to deal with really nice people. Right. And and you really understand empathy. And so, you know, when it comes to I always encourage them. I'm like, I want you to be a bartender. There is a. Great basketball coach, Al McGuire for Marquette. He mm -hmm. said, if you want if you want a PhD and master's degree in life, when you graduate, work six months as a cab driver, six months as a bartender. Mm. And I fully believe that. And that's yeah. that's the approach I've taken to life is just that blue collar, kind of down to earth. Let's just talk. We're you all just people. You mentioned empathy a minute ago. And those two professions, you like it would it would it would bring it out, wouldn't it? Because I mean Totally. What is empathy to you? Let's let's get there first. Let's define it. So sympathy, I think it comes from an ancient Greek word that says, I suffer with you. Yeah. Right. So that's that's sympathy. So I'm suffering with you. Empathy is more, you know, I haven't been in your shoes. I haven't suffered with you, but I can picture it and I can I can put myself there like I can I, feel it. I can feel it. I, I, I haven't been there, <laughs> so I haven't suffered with you. But I can understand your suffering. So, so just on this note, real quick, and I have, and that's just my take. I totally on it. no. It's yep. I think you expressed it well, yeah. right? It is a natural talent that some people have. Okay, it'll show up on a strength finder assessment. You can have empathy in your top, and and there are people that kind of don't like it. Yeah. I, I've met and coached a lot of people that go, I, I, I feel soft. Like I, I don't want to be that person. I'm like, can I just explain something to you? The world's greatest inventions. Like how about solving the problem of club foot? Yes. That was born out of empathy. Yes. Innovation is born from empathy. Yep. And it's, when I start to say that to people, you just watch them again. Like they just turn on a dime around it. So you mentioned a few minutes ago, like having empathy and why that's important. So like, Talk to me. Bring me. Bring that into the, the conversation. It's extremely underrated 
in skills. We we talk about you know skills, and and for me, I'm a really good read of people. If if somebody's down or you know, I I I almost feel like I can feel your emotions, right? Mm-hmm. I can feel how you're feeling. If you're a little bit down, I'm like, yo, what's going on, right? And like I can dig in. They're like, you know, I I I can just I can read people really well. There's there's a story. And I'll never forget this. So I'm I'm at Gray's Pub on First Avenue. It's like 9:30 at night, and it's right by a hospital, right? And there's this guy that comes in, and I said, "Hey, how's your how's your night going?" He said, "Good, good. You know, I just visited my wife, you know, over in 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 uh, the hospital, and she has Alzheimer's." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, that's that's got to be tough." I said, "You know, does she not remember you?" And and he looked at me. He said, "Yeah, Kyle. Well." I remember. Mm. I remember, right? And like you're you're married, I'm married, and I'm tearing up right now just thinking about it because I can see that in his face. And to to I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like to to have a wife mm. that you've spent 30, 40, 50 years with and she doesn't recognize you, right? So I went and I locked the door and I sat there and I cried with that guy. Just I said, tell me tell me the stories, right? Just mm-hmm. tell me, tell me the stories about you. And, and yes, I'm, I'm tearing up right now, but this is, that's empathy to be able to sit there and just say, you know, tell me about that. And, and I, I recently lost my, my dog Yeti, you know, little Pomeranian. He was my, I wanted to go in the retriever. I got a Yeti. I got a Pomeranian. Um, <laughs> so that shows you where I rank in my house and my decision-making. Um, but I lost him, and so I still go for walks. And and you know this: when you walk without your dog, you feel kind of naked. You're yeah. like, I'm just the weird guy walking in the neighborhood now, right? And uh, there's a guy down the street. His name's Vic. He's always in his driveway. And so a couple of weeks ago, I just went up to him, like, "Hey, I'm Kyle." And he's like, "I'm Vic." He's like, "Pull up a chair," <laughs> right? He lost he lost his he lost his uh, wife eight nine years ago, and he started talking about how. You know, she had cancer and dementia and all this stuff. And I said, how'd you meet? Right. Mm -hmm. So many people want to talk about the end of life. Like that's just one minutia of a chapter on your life together. Mm -hmm. They've been together 55, 56 years. Tell me about the 59, you know, 55.9 before that. So we started talking how they met at dance land, right? Like those are the things that's, I don't know if that's empathy, but it's caring, right? And it's it's compassion. It's compassion. That's right. It's 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 noticing. Yeah. Like, and I listen. I'm gonna throw that word in there because you're a professional noticer, whether you realize it or not. Agreed. You are a professional noticer. This is something that people either are born with or they don't. But it's not an excuse to not still have awareness. Yeah. Right? I teach this all the time. It drives me crazy that if you're so busy and your head's down, you're walking by opportunities all the time, especially in business, okay? Yep. You don't notice that Kyle, who's in his office, he's not himself today because he just had he just lost his dog. He lost his best friend. Yeah. And we're wondering why Kyle showed up late to work today. And maybe I'm a little miffed about that. But if my nose is down to the grindstone and I'm too busy to notice or to care, man, I'm a crappy leader. That's not fair. You are a You're professional right. noticer and you can learn. That's a skill that you can have. You just have to be intentional about it and you just have to try to have a little bit more compassion. And there are some people that I know because I work with so many. I've done hundreds and hundreds of, of one-on-ones with people with 
strengths finder, right? Yeah. And there are people that have empathy at the bottom and at the top, they're all about getting stuff done. What do we knock out today? And my my very good friend Mark Moyer. Do you have you met Mark yet? I don't believe so. Okay, we got to get you connected. Yep. Okay. So he's the executive director for Heartland Youth for Christ. One of my closest friends. And he said, he taught me this. He said, and this was a guy, a mentor that taught him. So I'm passing this one on to everybody today. The greatest investment you'll ever make is in another person because they are eternal. Like there is a soul there. Agreed. And what you did by locking the door in the in the bar that night, getting this gentleman to talk about the good times of his like what a gift you gave. Amazing. Dude, yeah. that is so cool. It was, you know, I you do the same thing. So what what's empathy to you? It's it's just what you described. It's it's being able to feel without having that shared experience. I can look at you and I can go, there's something troubling you. And it, it it will conjure up an emotion in me. And I don't lead with empathy. It's kind of low for me. And yet I see all the time, you know, I'll just share it this way. When I'm working with somebody and they have low confidence in what their gifts and talents are, and I'm looking at them going, you're a rock star. Do you understand how amazingly gifted you are? I love to give encouragement. And I believe, and, and here's the thing, I'll never give encouragement that feels like patronizing somebody because yeah. I'm, I'm super sensitive to it. Don't, don't tell me I add a boy just because it makes you feel good. Like, no, what, what is it specifically? So important to do this stuff. Like this is called lead through values. We're talking about empathy. We're talking about being a noticer and encourager because there are people that will tell me in boardrooms or in one-on-one coaching sessions, and I'm talking about business clients, that that look at what culture is or what we're talking about today as touchy-feely and fluff, and they dismiss it because they're not open to it. But I'm going to tell you what, the most, the best leaders know how to, to hit the emotional button to get people inspired. Agreed. And you can't do it if you're too busy or if you're unaware or if you just decide it's not important. You know, and that's, so the path that, that we're going on, we're creating a series called Americana where we're just highlighting the stories of small business. And I always say that small businesses do a terrible job of telling their story because they're too bu- busy working. Yeah. <laughs> they're too yeah. busy working their butts off. Exactly. You know, because yeah. it's they, they got into it. You know, Anvil Meat Market, he had a passion about meat, right? That's it. He didn't know accounting, marketing, everything else. He just really loves meat, wants to, you know, share that gift with the world. And something that we're embarking on, and, you know, it's funny because Jacqueline, who we, we, you know, created this as a way to really highlight small business stories. She was telling uh, a guy that we're interviewing for, you know, to be the videographer. She said, oh, don't worry. Kyle's going to (laughs) cry. Kyle's going to cry because he projects himself as that person so much. And I can visualize their story. Like, this is where we're going on the marketing side or the world should be going on the marketing side. Like I said, there's no B to C, there's no B to B, there's just H to H. Mm. Like sitting down, what what most people don't realize is most small businesses started because they were really bad employees, <laughs> which I, 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 I was. 
because I don't like I like doing it my own way. Same mm-hmm. with you, right? There, there's a little rebellious nature to the <laughs> both of us. A little, yeah, yeah. There's a little of that. Yeah, a little flicking our noses at him, right? Um, but you know, when it comes down to it, is there's all this emotion that goes into what they're doing, right? Like I look up and down Czech Village, right here, and everybody here has a passion for what they're doing. You know, you go to New York City and you see big buildings. I don't feel the passion. I'm sure there's a lot of passion in a lot of the businesses, right? Maybe at the street level, right? But, like, you get to the top level, I don't know how much passion there is there. And, and I, I shouldn't be able to comment on that because I haven't been in New York City and felt that. So I, I don't have any right to do that. But when we're talking about small business stories, everybody wants to talk to businesses, you know, about data, analytics, AI, like all this stuff. I want to get down to the story, like, when I sat down with my wife and I came home and I said, I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I'm working for a company that, you know, I've poured my life and soul into and it's not being reciprocated. I hate it. I can't do this anymore. I want to start my own business. And she said, I'm scared. And I said, I am too. You know that conversation. I've had that conversation. It sounded just like it. That's why I'm sitting there going, yeah, I know that one. I'm done. Like, I'm done. I can't do this. And sometimes when you don't know what you want to do, you got to know what you don't want to do, right? And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I know I couldn't do that. That's what I'm talking about. That hit you. That hit you, brother, because you've had that. Yeah. Like, small business. You're just watching me over here across from you going, yeah, absolutely. I've been there. Yes. And nobody tells that story about small businesses. Nobody tells that story about business, right? They want to talk about how they can increase your performance or take away payroll or what. They're they're solving problems that everybody has. Yeah. I got got to share something with you because we're going to talk culture, right? We're going to make a little shift here Yep. because what we are talking about is culture. That's right. Create a winning culture. What's it look like? I'm going to share this with you. Um, I've been working on a model and I I shared it with this group down in um, Southeast Iowa. And I was showing like, when you start a business, everybody understands, here's what we stand for. Here's what we don't stand for. They know the non-negotiables, right? You don't come into this. It's okay to drop F-bombs here or it's not okay. Everybody knows that. Yep. They know that here's the thing we will never compromise on. We will never be late for a customer. We'll never be late for a meeting. There's just these tribal knowledge things. It's broadly understood. So you got four or five people in the startup business, maybe that's two or three years into it. Everybody knows it. But then something happens. Business starts to grow. Check it out. More products, more customers. We need more people. So we hire people. The culture starts to get lost because we get we bring in people quickly we teach them what we know, but it's more about the operations and the process, less about what got us here. And this is the thing we'll never compromise. So it's not defined. So what happens is you bring more people in, the business starts to accelerate and gets more complex, but you have less people that understand we'll never compromise this way. They bring in stuff from their past work that says like, well, we didn't do it that way, so it's okay. And they Maybe they don't intentionally try to cut a corner, but maybe that's what they're actually doing. We fall into the storming stage. That's what we're going to call it, right? So you're here at this. This storming stage is so dangerous because here's what happens is you've added people. You hired quickly. Maybe they're, they're coming in, and they looked great on paper. You didn't do all your homework all that great, or it was a friend referral. 
where they come in and maybe they're a great performer, but they're just a jerk to be around. And they create division. They create problems. And those conversations that used to happen when it, when it was a small business, hey, let's go to lunch. Let's talk about this. And right, we're drawing stuff on napkins. We're excited. We're high-fiving. We're chinking glasses, you know? Tink, tink, before you drink. Yeah. And, and what happens is, is that's all lost. The only way that you can climb out of that, because now we're in the accidental zone. We don't mean for it to happen, but it's happening. We start to lose control. Our performance is lower. We're starting to compromise on those values we said we'd never compromise on. The only way you can start to fix it is you've got to have intention about going back to the way it was, which is how do we teach who we are, what we stand for, what we don't stand for, what's okay, what's not okay, what's the non-negotiable? Like, If you put up with a a, a violation of a non-negotiable, like somebody, somebody does something that is unethical, in your business and you don't take care of it immediately, well, now you just accepted it. Yep. So your culture, that's words on the wall, right? Even if you've done that, what you have to do is get intentional. So I always teach this. Let's discover what the culture is. Let's define it. And then let's drive it. And driving it is the long part. It's the part that takes time because now we're going to be having that conversation when we're in the hiring. Actually, even bef- like the whole hiring process is, is big, right? So before we even talk about who we're going to hire, We're going to talk about what are we looking for? What's their runway look like? What do we need from this person or this position a year, two years, or three years from now? Most people don't do it. Let's get, we need somebody in that can manage our Facebook for us. So we get somebody in, but they don't have the ability to go and grow with it. And now we've put them into a lead role. You end up having to walk that back. So we, we make these mistakes. So we're going to get really careful about defining who we want, our culture, what we're all about in the hiring process. It comes into uh, development. So like annual reviews or anytime you're doing performance reviews, it's in every meeting. And so now when your partners come and visit, your vendors that come and visit, or when you go and engage with them at their facility, your culture is always with you. This is the driving part. That's how you climb out of storming and you get back to norming. And then the prize land is performing. I I love the storming, norming, performing. That's amazing, isn't it? Like who, I, I that's been around since what the fifties? I don't 60s, know. Somewhere in there. I only know it because of you. Yeah. I know it because of you because you tell you explain the process so well what it is right and you give examples and we always talk about your culture is what you're willing to accept. Mm. Your your culture is what you're willing to accept and if you accept bad behavior if you accept people being rude if you accept people being task oriented that's your culture right and and there's there's a lot of confusion in the world when it comes down to culture versus visionary leadership hmm. apple to me didn't have a culture they had a visionary leader and that's okay mm-hmm. that's okay the place i left you know on uh, that that i i fell out of love with great america i felt like they had a visionary leader they did not have a culture because there was all these things that we went through, you know, like where we, we answer the phone within two rings. We always answer with a smile on our voice, you know, all, all these things. We started to accept that not, you know, we started to accept outside of that framework, mm-hmm. right? Which tells me, you know, and, and, and when, when Tony had stepped aside, you know, my, my thought was, you know, gosh, I, I had said to somebody who was, came in from outside the company, I'm really afraid about our culture, you know, when Tony steps aside and he said, if you're afraid or if it happens, then you never had a culture. You just had a leader. Mm -hmm. And you see that all the time. You know, look at Walmart. When Sam Walton was there, 
like it was the customer first, right? It was all about the customers delivering. And then he passed away. And then what was their goal? To be the biggest and the best with the lowest prices, right? And Walmart's culture shifted. It, 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 and it probably became something that nobody really wanted, right? There was a lot of not promoting women, right? You see all these things that popped up yeah. because their culture was what they were willing to accept. So, so let me let me ask you a question, though. Do you think there wasn't a culture there or it wasn't the desired culture? Because to me, that's what I mean. When there's an accidental culture, it's like, okay, so we've deviated from what we stood for. And it became something else. So you can have a visionary leader, but it doesn't mean you don't have a culture. So you can have a bad culture. Yeah. You can have a culture of being late, uh, mediocre work, jerkiness, you know, uh, um, rudeness, rudeness, any of these things. And, and you can also have a culture of no accountability or low accountability, which doesn't, I mean, the best teams, they have accountability. Yep. Let's just get real about it. You might have a culture where you never know how you stand. You you have a, a boss that largely ignores you. Like Gallup shows this. If you have a boss that ignores you, and I mean they don't just say, they, they disregard you. They still probably know about your family. They could be a nice person, in fact. Yeah. But if they never give you any real feedback on how you're doing, you have a 40% chance that you'll become an actively disengaged. That's the toxic version. 40%. Check this out. If you have that boss or that manager that only focuses on your weakness, do you know you cut that in half? Because they're actually paying attention to you. They're actually investing in you. Not Maybe not the best way, but it cuts it down to 22%. If you have a boss or a manager that understands your strengths and is coaching you and evaluating and giving you feedback based on your strengths and aligning work with you that's within your strengths, it's almost zero. It's 1%. There's a 1% chance you'll become disengaged. You know what that tells me? Huh. People have a strong desire to be acknowledged. Dang right they do. You know, and appreciated, we yes, recognized, heard, valued. You know, and you, you you're right. You always have a culture, whether you like it or not. That's the question, right? Or whether it's whether it's your idea of that culture. And you know, acknowledgement is people want you to see. You know, like there's <laughs> I always joke with my wife, like. She cleans the whole house. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, like I clean one room and I, you know, it's like Macho Man walking down. It's like, look at me, look at me, right? Yeah. You know, that's that's a total husband thing. But, you know, it comes down to acknowledgement. That's why social is so popular. That's why people just go to social. They want somebody in this world to acknowledge them. And what I really find terrible about being a human being is you go to social to escape where you're at right now. Like, there's no, your phone's not out. My phone's not out. We have zero reason because we are fully engaged and acknowledged in this conversation with each other. Mm. We have zero reason to go outside of this. Fully present. That's right. Fully present. Such a good point you're making right now. People go to social because they want to escape the situation that they're in right now at this moment. Why else would you go there? Mm. Why else would you go there? In as a marketer, I love going out to eat and I see a family of four all on their phones because I can I know I can get all up in your grill. Right. <laughs> but as a human being, yeah. it pains me. Yeah. It pains me. When I open a restaurant, which I will open a bar because I love it. I love bartending. Oh, this so is cool. Much. We're dropping dreams. This is awesome. That's right. That's right. I absolutely will. And you 
you won't have the option of bringing your phone. You will not have your option, <laughs> right? I when you walk in the bar, I'm gonna say, text your loved ones our number, and if they need anything, they can call. <laughs> I love it. Right? I don't know if it's gonna work for yeah, everybody, but that's right. I love the idea. I, I actually think people are starved for the the permission to disconnect from technology. I got a story that uh, I can tell this really quick. I, I'm working with a, a mom. She's got a couple of teenage daughters. And uh, we were actually doing a thing um, in my hometown community. We're talking about the toxic stress that kids are under because of their phones and social media pressure. Okay. So one of her girls did something that they didn't like. They didn't approve of. She broke rules. They took their phone away for two weeks. You know what the daughter said to her? A 17-year-old daughter. Thank you. Thank you. 100%. <laughs> it's a, like... She, she, it, it's, it was really, really hard. I'm just going to say in her words, it probably sucked for the first two to three days. Totally. But after that, she actually liked the freedom. She wasn't worried about trying to keep up with all the alerts. And I learned things about little details. Like I don't understand with kids, right? They have language that I don't know. Cause now I'm an old guy, Yeah. but they're talking about if you leave a message on red, yep. like that's an issue. Yep. Like, I, somebody had to explain what that meant to me. Right. Or there's ways that I can disrespect you by leaving it on red or shooting a picture of a ceiling fan or giving you a black screen like that's an insult. And then I can do that. Right. And so. We think about the escape. It is the phones. Wow. What a what a gift it is to be able to escape the notifications. Yeah. And, and, mm. and as parents, we need to understand, like when you and I got dumped in junior high, which happened to me a lot right because you know for various reasons listen it didn't happen to me all that much yeah because i wasn't putting myself out there that hard <laughs> i was scared you didn't have the at-bats you didn't have the at-bats so um <laughs> you know something that we need to understand as parents now is that when we left school on friday if we were getting broken up with we we're get we knew about it on friday and over the weekend nobody else did most likely what happens now is that kid gets you know broken up with on Friday, but a hundred other people know about it because they've already posted about it, right? Oh, they yeah. they can't leave. They can't leave their world behind. They can't leave it at school, right? Right. The the internet has done amazing things, right? It's allowed us to connect to each other and and it's making know, this podcast available. It's ma- that's right. Without LinkedIn, we're not here today. Right. I'm not exactly. your friend, right? And I consider you a very good friend of my life. Yeah. And, you know, you look at it this way. When we were in high school, I always use the Dungeons and Dragons example. You had five or six kids who played Dungeons and Dragons in the lunchroom there, the D&D club, mm-hmm. right? And it was six people. Now, those six people have found six million other people across the world to play Dungeons and Dragons with. Hmm. That's good. You find community. Human beings want to find community, right? You want to come together. And that's why I, I, I'm a firm believer that humanity is a beautiful thing. 98% of people in the world are beautiful people, and they want to connect. They're just really bad communicators, most of them. I tell people all the time, I love you, right? Like I've told you before, yeah, I love you, brother. Yeah, and yeah. I truly do. I love you, yeah. right? Most people don't communicate that, especially in families. Dads don't tell their sons, I love you, mm. right? Moms don't, you know, they, they don't know how to communicate. They think, oh, this is weird, or this is touchy-feely. You know what I mean? So it's created community in, in beautiful ways, but it's also, there's some bad things. But we shouldn't stop using the internet, right? We should just stop using the internet 
to shame people or to troll people or to, you know, leave negative comments, right? There's times where I want to leave a negative comment and then I erase it. I'm like, no, that's not being a good human being, right? That just is not being a good human being. Mm. And that's, that's should be everybody's North star. Are you a good human being? Right. And what you talked about with that, with that daughter was somebody gave her permission to not to get out, get off the, get off the hamster wheel here. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you're just running, 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 running. And you see this with companies all the time. Mm -hmm. They're just running so fast. They don't take a step back to look and say, should I even be on that wheel? Mm -hmm. Right. You see it all the time, man. Like, People are just running as fast as they can because they think that's what they're supposed to do. And then it's like, no, like I don't take my phone into restaurants because I know if something pops up, I'm going to look at it. Mm -hmm. Wednesday night, date night, right? With my wife, we go to Midtown Station like it's sacred. Like I don't bring my phone, you know, or when I do, I put it down like so I can't see the notifications. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Right. Who cares? Be present. If we were just all present more, like I hate going to a meeting and everybody has their laptops up. I'm like, this this isn't going to be productive. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You're yeah. like, okay, you know what? Whatever I'm billing an hour, I'm just going to cash your check and I know nothing's going to go because nobody's being present. And man, we are, it is so easy to not be present in today's world. Hmm. And, and that tells me that, you know, like, Time is the most valuable asset that we have. I'm not going to waste yours and you're not going to waste mine. Because with time, we can create memories, right? We can get work done. We can create revenue. Like, but you can never get it back. And so many people are okay with wasting their own time. That's what entrepreneurship has taught us. It, it's taught me a lot. And that's probably right at the top. The second thing it's taught me is how to be frugal. Yeah. How to be very mindful of of spending like you can't spend what you don't have that right. doesn't work and and if you try to spend what you don't have and you use credit or whatever man that's gonna hurt but those are those are valuable lessons to learn yeah i think kyle would is is we kind of maybe looked to, as a way to wrap up here land um, the plane yeah, yeah. Like we've hit some, <laughs> this is fun you, like you're one of my favorite people just to like, I just feel like we could just sit and do this all afternoon. You and Kevin Wormwood in particular, yep. right? Yep. Kevin and, and, and I can get together and uh, the podcast feels like it could go like all these different places. Yeah. What's the, when I, when I say the words lead through values, talk to me about how, tell our listeners how you here at this branch are setting your people up for success by helping them lead through values? Because I know you do it. That's a loaded question, and, and it's one of those, like, you didn't know it was coming. And I love it. I, I absolutely love it. You know, to me, leading through values is, you know, people will never cross their morals, right, or their ethics, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's certain things that you just won't do. And for me, you know, leading through, leading through values is this. Just really sitting down and understanding at a human level what is important to them mm -hmm. and for some it's different for everybody right some it's money some it's spending more time some it's going on vacation some it's frisbee golf right like and never ever diminish what somebody else values mm -hmm. like that's valuable to them it might not be valuable to me and that's where empathy comes in once again 
really understanding what makes them tick. And if you understand that and you have compassion, like I, you know, what I love about our marketing team and more is this. We have one guiding principle. When I need to get a hold of you, I can. I don't care where you work. You want to work in Hawaii? Cool. Cuba? Cool. Right? You want to go over to Australia? Cool. Mm-hmm. If I call you, you answer. Right? Like when I need you, you're there. Like, and if you, some people don't operate well under that, you know, loose framework. Yeah. Some people need framework, right? Yes. And so this is a good point. Sitting down with them and saying, you know, some well, what does that mean? Okay. Now I know <laughs> we got to put in some, some foundations for you. Yeah. Right. But you start broad and then, you know, bring it into the narrow. A lot of people want to start narrow and widen. No, you just say blank canvas. What are we painting? And let them paint that picture for you. So I love the the fact the way you're describing that because that is that requires some humility on your part. It requires having empathy, I think, um, for sure, for sure on that. It requires having like a servant mentality because leadership isn't a privilege. Leadership's a burden. Yep. Because you're always going to give credit away when somebody else is doing good. It wasn't, it wasn't me. It was the team. The team did this. Like if, if you watch that, but when something fails, everything points back to you and you have to accept that. Like yep. we started out talking today about when I point my finger away, there's <laughs> three pointing back at me. So yep. I got to be really cognizant of that. Um, okay. So Amour, how, is, am I saying it right? Yeah. Amour. Yep. Amour Finance. Like well, love. That's right. What, what do you do? How can people get a hold of you? Bring one minute Wednesday into the conversation if you want. Just yep. just kind of close around how can people get a hold of you? What do you do? And how do you serve them? Yep, absolutely. So follow me on on LinkedIn. You know, One Minute Wednesday, I have a lot of you know great posts on there. With One Minute Wednesday, what I really try to do is take complex ideas and bring it down to the street level mm-hmm. so that people can digest it. Because I think that when we look at problems, you know, like this week, and, and, and the other thing that I really want to stress is a somebody who prides myself on content marketing because I, I think I do a fantastic job with content and having original content that's not the sea of sameness. Here's us, you know, here's our values, blah, 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 sea of sameness. Is content is everywhere. Like when you started creating content, James, you're like, what am I going to do for the next one? You always have more. Yeah. Content's everywhere. It's in podcasts. I watched Netflix, the movies that made us, and that was this week's One Minute Wednesday, right? That Back to the Future was originally called Spaceman from Pluto, and Pretty Woman was called 3000. Now, they could have stopped and spent three months coming up with the right title. Instead, they made the movie, and the movie defined the title, right? So don't get caught up in perfection. Like, just do it. Just go out and do it. Start creating in LinkedIn, if you want to connect with me, that's the best place to do it because that's where I spend the the most time because it's a positive, uplifting community. It is. It's it's you know that's how I've met James. That's how I've met you know so many connections. Right. We 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 live you know 15 minutes from each other, but we never knew of each other mm-hmm. until LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful. Once again, we look for community. So I'd love to have you part of my tribe and me part of yours. Right. If if you're positive, uplifting. And I think that we are on the the brink is is humans of really entering this human to human connection, right? Like 
Don't try to sell me on anything. Let's just talk. And you know what? There's going to be a time where I bring James in to our organization and we talk about things. Mm -hmm. But James has never said, hey, let's sit down and talk about Pat. No, I just know. I just know what James does. I know the value he brings. And I know there will be a time and place for it. And when that time comes, I'll call him. That's what the age of sales that we're entering. Mm -hmm. Like in all social does... All's LinkedIn does is it cuts off the top half of the funnel. Who are you? What do you do? And why should I talk with you? That's it. And so in a more, we are entering a path where we are really connecting with small businesses and telling their story. Right now, we offer equipment finance. I always say I'm the most interesting man in leasing because leasing's so boring, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so when it comes down to it, we're entering a path where we're just going to start illustrating small businesses stories. You talk about servant leadership, and I always say that you're a lot better at servant leadership if you've served a beer, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's just, you know, one of my many sayings. But connect on LinkedIn, be part of the tribe, you know, be part of James and I's tribe. Like, you know, this has led to a lot of great things. We we do a one minute Wednesday breakdown, then we go to Clubhouse and we, you know, there's all these things. You don't know what it's gonna lead to. Mm-hmm. You don't know when that connection request pops up, you don't know what it's gonna lead to. You hope it doesn't lead to a spammy, boring, you know, LinkedIn message that's a sea of sameness. But it's okay to be authentic. It's okay to be your your genuine self. Like you said, when I walk in a room, whether I'm in the boardroom or a bar, I'm the same dude. Mm-hmm. I am you the are. same yeah. dude. And 95% of people love that. 5% don't. There was a time I concentrated on the 5% and tried to change them. Those days are in the rearview mirror. Yes, sir. It's Amen. about the 95%. Keep keep building for your tribe and make them better. Lift them up, right? There's times where somebody's talking about something that James could could pitch in on. I tag him, right? I mean, I do that for mine. I do that for everybody. You do that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Right? It's about, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. Something like that. There's some saying, right? But the other thing that I just want to leave the listeners with is there's a great poem about the guy who wants to sail around the world. And he goes to the shore, you know, and he's in his 20s. And he said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sail around the world. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get started tomorrow. Then in his 30s, you know, he has a family. He's doing things. 40s, 50s, 60s, and then he's in his 70s, and he's on the shore. He can't build a boat. He can't sail around the world, right? That time has passed him by. Like, your time to sail around the world is right now. Mm. Make it happen. And history favors the people that make it happen. You made it happen. I made it happen. I'm on a crazy ride. And I'm loving every minute of it. There's times where I have doubt. Everybody has doubt. But make it happen. Because there's a lot of people who go to their deathbed with, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And they never did it. What a mic drop moment. Thank you, Kyle. I hope that people are going to take advantage of connecting with you. Because you do just bring such tremendous value all the time. You're the... You're the real deal. You're fun to be around. Like, it's never boring when you're around Kyle Steele. Like, this is so cool. So thanks for being on. Um, appreciate all of you for sticking around for, for this podcast and listening. And um, um, we'll catch you again on a future episode.